On this episode of Survival Dispatch News, we're going to talk about medical preparedness and antibiotics. This Survival Dispatch video is brought to you by Victos Tactical Apparel, creating innovative tactical gear for combat, training, everyday carry, and R&R. And we're back with Survival Dispatch News, and we got a huge topic today that I think is critical for the preparedness community, and that is being prepared medically. And if you want to learn how to become more medically prepared and you like this type of content, make sure you get down there and you smash that like and subscribe button for me. Click the bell icon to get notified when we upload new content here on the channel and leave us a comment. Let us know what questions you want to have answered as far as medical preparedness is concerned. But I've got a very special guest with me today. Of course, I have my lovely co-host and our Dean of Demolition, Mike Sterling. Oh, and a stalwart here at SDN. And we have someone very special today. We have Alphonse with us. Now, Alphonse has been a pharmacist for 30 years, uh, but he is starting up a new business and asked for us to have his identity be obscured just for his own well-being. So, of course, we're going to, you know, respect that. But thank you and welcome to the show, Alphonse. It's great to have you here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. No, it's great. We're glad to have you. And this is a really big topic in the preparedness community because I remember when I started, right, there was no way to get your hands on antibiotics. Everybody was using, like, fish antibiotics and stuff like that. And there was always questions around, you know, is that safe? Is it not? That sort of thing. But nowadays we have some more advanced options. And so uh, Mm -hmm. Alphonse, give us just kind of a rundown of, you know, what you're doing to kind of help preppers get prepared medically. Well, what most people don't understand, especially preppers, is that the FDA, they have on their website that it's okay for you to obtain your medication online uh, without a prescription legally, as long as it's for personal use. And the way I like to describe it is if if anyone has traveled uh, to Mexico or Belize on a cruise, once you disembark, most people go into the drugstores buying whatever they want. Used to be controlled substances of any kind. They would then, uh, you know, uh, arrive back on the boat, take those medications home, no problem. Same scenario, I guess because of uh, the desire to have a seamless e-commerce system between uh, the countries around the globe, less restrictions, the better. Um, As I mentioned, it's clearly there on the FDA website. Uh, You can buy your prescription. So we have a a way to order your medications online. These are safe medications um, inspected by the FDA. Great companies manufacture these medications all around the world. Uh, The problem, the U.S. just doesn't make medications anymore. We stopped making medications a long time ago. Uh, That has now been uh, fast forward to countries like India. They are the predominant producers. Doesn't matter if it's your independent pharmacy, the hospital, or your chain drugstore. I can recall in the early 90s, there were tours going to Canada to save money on your medication. Uh, The FDA quickly stepped in uh, with every type of uh, co-signer, like the Department of Agriculture, discouraging it. Well, these medications are safe. These medications are safe. I think they're just trying to primarily protect the 
the industry, the uh, retail industry, you know, with uh, the main supply, the main retail pharmacy, let's say, and you know who they are, they are, Rite Aid, CVS, Walgreens, the big players. So the medications are safe. It's just designed to keep the med- to keep the money in house here in the country. Yeah, I mean, I have that in my experience traveling abroad. Mike, you can probably comment on this. I know when I was going to, you know, visit my now wife in Ukraine, of course, this is before everything that happened in 2022. It wouldn't be uncommon for me to maybe pick up a box of, oh, let's just say amoxicillin augmentant, something like that, that I could acquire very easily at a lower cost there and just bring it home. And, you know, I didn't resell it or anything. It was all for my own personal use. So, I, you know, it's totally fine. Mike, obviously, you've been across the pond uh, multiple times. Uh, have you experienced that or been able to acquire things like that? Oh, yeah, that was uh, um, I did a couple of private jobs uh, overseas. And that's like one of the very first things that we do is we'll have our zero day where we're not doing anything else other than getting acclimated to the country. And the first thing we do, we, we've got, we'll usually have like a thousand dollars set aside. We'll go to a pharmacy and we'll already have a list of meds for the team already laid out. We'll go in there, boom, and we'll just buy all that stuff right off the bat so that we don't have to, we don't ever even have to sweat it ever again in while we're there because we can't always rely on anybody else. So, you know, my, my medics will come along and they'll just have a nice big open pack with nothing in it, ready to go. Yeah. And just one quick disclaimer to talk about here, guys, we're not giving it medical advice. We're not doctors. Uh, We're not telling you what to take or what not to take. Of course, you need to consult with your own physician before you do anything like that, just to make sure that we're all covered here. But yeah, these things are fairly common. And you think about during a disaster scenario, the types of things that you may have to deal with, you have like Dirty water is going to be a big one. So cholera, crypto, uh, you know, E. coli, things like that. Things that we can easily take care of now when the grid's up, but when the grid's down and, you know, you can't just run over to, you know, what you're talking about there, Alphonse, you know, Rite Aid or CVS, something like that. Get your prescription for, you know, Augmentin, uh, you're, you're kind of in trouble. So what are some ways, I know you have a website that you're working on. What are some ways that preppers can use to acquire these medications without having to go have that awkward conversation with your doctor, explaining to them that you're a prepper and that you promise you're not going to use these antibiotics for any other purpose? Because I know people have thought about doing that. Yeah, I'm sure they have. And I'm sure that wouldn't work because a physician, a physician, pharmacist, nurse, everyone, we've all been trained uh, to follow this system. And that system is just one course of medication, if it's a maintenance medication for blood pressure, diabetes, anything like that, you receive a number of refills. But for an acute situation like an infection, it's just one prescription. I'm sure you've heard all over the place that never share your medication. Uh-huh. You know, once you're done, throw it away. They've told you that. I disagree with that. The object is for preppers to stock up on medications without having to go through your doctor as if you're buying anything else online. Everything from asthma to antibiotics for waterborne infections, food infections, respiratory tract infections, skin skin infections. We try to cover every scenario of what a prepper may experience. If there's no, if the bank's closed and there's no pharmacy and there's no hospital, what do you do? You wanna have these medications on hand. And, what we'll do is we'll have a link where you can print your medications and you can't rely on your computer. So you want to print the medications 
the entirety of the uh, medication for dosing, side effects, and everything, and and uh, any adult can handle this. Keep your printed materials with the medication, and if you need them, you can easily tell which medication applies. Certain medications apply, obviously, as I mentioned, for skin infections, and you know they tend to be interchangeable for certain things. Amoxicillin can use for ear infections and nasal infections and uh, respiratory tract infections, or you know. Uh, within means. But uh, if that doesn't work, then you can go to a Cipro, which is more for uh, pneumonia, things like that. But also Cipro and doxycycline can be used for a plague, for, uh, you know, a biological situation as a prophylactic and a treatment. So you want to have these medications on hand. Yeah, no, that's a really important thing. Uh, and yeah, we haven't seen the Black Death in a long time, but, you know, having something, you know, available to do that uh, and take care of yourself in an emergency situation, that type of thing can uh, pop back up. And we do hear about it from time to time. It's uh, out there. Oh, it is. It's not dead. Uh, you know, that's for sure. Okay, so Alphonse, your website is medicalpreparedness.net. And uh, you're going to see on screen here, I'm kind of going through it, looking through different things. Uh, what do you typically recommend for somebody who's getting ready for any potential type of disaster? What type of packages or medications do you think are really important for them to have on hand during that type of situation? Mm -hmm. There's a couple of things that come to mind. Number one, if you have a chronic condition, you want to obtain those medications first. Asthma, diabetes, blood pressure. You want to obtain at least a year or two three, four, maybe five years, we don't know the scenario of when a disaster may happen or how long. I, I believe it's better to have your medication and not need it and need it and not have it. Amen. Uh, the, second, the, the second category, I believe, definitely is antibiotics. Uh, I think preppers do a good job of stocking up for batteries and food and solar and everything that they can possibly you know, uh, you know, stock up on it. But if you don't have your medications and you have some type of disease state, you won't last. You won't last. So um, one of the things that always, we always kept in our, uh, in our, our IFACs, uh, and it was, a, it was originally, it was a ranger thing. Um, everybody got a pill pack, the little combat pill packs. And I don't know if you're familiar with uh, with mm -hmm. any of these, but it was, I mean, it was real simple. Anytime you got an injury, period, you get an injury of any kind of, of penetration or anything of your body, you throw down your pill pack. And that's two, uh, two Tylenol, and it's a moxifloxin and a Mobic. You just right. pop it, throw it down, that's it. Anything past that, the medic was going to hit you, but everybody carried one of those. And, and that's a lot of, a lot of the lessons learned from the global war on terror are, are moving into the preparedness sphere. And, and you've got a lot of veterans that are bringing that stuff in as well, like me. And <clears throat> so, um, yeah, every individual having a little pill pack, this is a method to be able to do that. Not to mention, it's also a method for, uh, because, you know, I mean, let's let's face it. You you get in a disaster scenario, you get cut up and beat up pretty bad. Uh, like, I'm always screaming, Chris. Oh, yeah. 
everything wants to cut you all the time um in any kind of gloves gloves. right yeah so that you don't get cut up um because it just happens i mean you just live your life all chewed up to pieces so um this this gives this gives options this this is a great resource i've been looking at this, this website since last night since since chris told me about it and this is a huge resource here for being able to do what needs to be able to be done um especially if you've got especially if you've got kids that require certain medications that you can get now in essentially a an, an OTC method yeah exactly right. uh, and just you know having that available never a bad thing to have on hand uh, and uh, I will have that link down in the description uh, for everybody who wants to check out this website. Great resource for you. Like I said, completely legal, nothing uh, you know shady going on or anything like that. Now, Alphonse, you mentioned something earlier about you know like discarding your medication after a certain period of time that you didn't agree with that. Now, of course, they always say like, oh, after a year, you should throw this away. Is that really true? Not at all. Not at all. I can recall when I first started as a pharmacist, <clears throat> medication expiration dates were three and four years. And I noticed they began to uh, decrease to three years, two years, one and a half year, which is about where we are now. And I noticed these medications are still good. And I've taken medications that were expired probably seven years and it still gave me the same effect that I needed. There's been studies out that shown that a medication that was expired for seven or 10 years would only degrade by one or 2%. And one or 2% uh, loss would still be much better than no medication at all. Do, do you agree? Oh, 100%. 100%. I would rather have something than nothing. Something than nothing. And also, I mean, let's be real. When you take a medication, your liver is going to degrade at sometimes 50 or 60%. So, I mean, how much really is 1% or 2% compared to what your liver is going to break down? That's what the liver does. Medications or drugs are just controlled poison. So your liver is going to deal with those poisons and uh, basically break them down into other smaller metabolites to get use out of that particular medication for, you know, the dose that it was established for. So if you have poisons in your food and different poisons in the water, they don't typically degrade. If there's a poison, there's a poison. So, so these medications are really... I would say quite stable and quite safe. Uh, one exclusion would be tetracycline, uh, but even tetracycline doesn't undergo the same type of uh, degradation. Excuse me, doxycycline doesn't undergo the same type of degradation that tetracycline does. So doxycycline is still relatively safe unless you have some type of a chronic kidney situation. And we also, our medications are shipped in a foil pack. They're individually wrapped. Each tablet is wrapped. Doesn't have any oxygen. Keeps the oxygen out. So each pill that you open, you'll tear the foil pack. You'll tear some type of single dose self-contained system. You don't have to worry about having your 
catalyst a certain bottle that's constantly being exposed to light and oxygen. Yeah, those are definitely the two biggest degraders of medication is, is light and O2. And, you know, we kind of need that for survival, but medications don't. That's the beautiful thing about most of them. And, you know, having them individually packed, I think that's a huge advantage over, you know, getting something in a bottle like you typically do from the pharmacy, because every time you're opening that bottle, you're just exposing it over and over and over again, just kind of increasing that potential for degradation. So I was doing some reading uh, a couple months ago, uh, specifically regarding this, and it was a big study that was run by the Department of Defense, uh, and I want to say it's part of the SLEP program. Um, and what they were doing is they had, they had, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of drugs in the DOD system that were all coming up to expire. And they were like, Hey, look, we can't quite afford to be replacing all this stuff every year. Yeah. Can we look at this? And they came to the exact same conclusion that you did doc, that, that no, if we store this stuff appropriately, then its shelf life is going to be dramatically extended. Yes, it will. And another scenario that I like to consider, although it may be considered taboo in the medical community, in a, in a scenario, a doomsday scenario, if you have enough medication, no matter what it is, especially antibiotics, you can barter those. Oh, yeah. And we will definitely be in a bartering system we know that some things are coming down the pike economically, and so it would be more difficult to buy and sell. Uh, that's been obviously written in the Bible and the book of Revelation, so we seem to be going in that direction. But if you have medications on hand, you can barter those medications with a, with a neighbor, with a sick, a, a neighbor who has a sick child. And I imagine that those medications in the eyes of that sick parent I mean, a parent of that sick child, excuse me, will be more valuable than any gold or silver that's being advertised today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you can potentially save somebody's life, I mean, what is somebody willing to give you for that? Or even if it's not, you know, some physical asset, it'd be like, hey, I need help with, you know, setting up this, uh, you know, this farm. Mm -hmm. I need help with the harvest here. I'll mm -hmm. save your kid's life, but I need you to help me you know, pick all this food or, you know, something exactly. along those lines. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's a huge bartering chip, especially if you have it in, uh, you know, excess where you can potentially mm -hmm. give it away to help somebody live. Well, and, and I mean, that happens, that happens today oh, in, yeah. in the third world. Drugs are a major mm -hmm. barter factor. Uh, it's, it's, it's a huge thing. Not to mention also, if you have a medical professional to go with it, now you've got the cheddar especially if somebody's child's dying and you can do something about it. Yeah. I don't think as a parent of, of young kids and I know Mike, you're a parent too. There's not much I wouldn't do if my child was suffering to make sure that they would, uh, they'd make it mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. So to, to recap, I, my first suggestion is if you are currently on a certain medication, mm -hmm. do not use these medications to uh, supplement you know, your pantry list in order not to see your doctor. You need to continue to see your doctor as planned. So you can take those same prescriptions that the doctor has written and you can go to this website and you can stock up on a, a year supply or more. We have um, 
we have, uh, you're ordering in forms of three month supply, six months, nine months, and a year supply. You can always come back and order more according to your budget. But you know what medication you're on. If you're on a thyroid medication, you're not going to buy a random heart medication. No, that's not how it works. If you're on a heart medication or a thyroid medication or a seizure medication, you know what medication your doctor prescribed, and you'll just go onto the website seeking that same medication, and you can order it. You can take a picture of that medication send it in, we'll call your doctor, and we will then fill it in, it'll be sent out to you. It takes about 10 days. Uh, again, the object is to stock up on your medicine, not designed for you to not see your doctor and, and to find some shortcut. That's not right, that's not healthy. No, that's a really good point. And I think a, a great, you know, just general preparedness principle in, you know, in general is, you know, we don't want to be dipping into our preps if we can avoid it. We live in, you know, relatively good times right now. I know there's some people who would argue with me about that. Tell me if you're one of those down in the comments, by the way. Uh, but, you know, in general, services are still available for the most part. You can go see your doctor. You can go to the pharmacy. This is a great way basically just to supplement your supplies so that in case you can't go to the pharmacy, you at least have something to get you through. I mean, think maybe if you're on blood pressure medication and the last thing you want to do in a disaster scenario is to stroke out, uh, you know, or, you know, something like that. It could definitely be something that's very critical just so that you can protect your family and, you know, keep going in those hard times. Well, you, one thing, one thing that I was looking at on here uh, is uh, you've, you've got, uh, you've got methylprednisone on here. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to tell you, I live in the South and we are covered up in, in poison ivy, poison sumac, poison oak down here. And I'm telling you, I know people that get, that get bit with that stuff and it is miserable. And the only thing that is going to help them, it's a, it's a methylprednisone. That's, that's the only thing that's going to help them. And right. And good grief. I go to my doctor about it and he'll be like, yeah, here, here's, here's an extra, here's an extra card of the mm -hmm. stuff. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. it's nothing. So being well, able to get additional. Imagine, this, yeah. Right. If you can imagine, we're so used to the water as provided by the government city water. I mean, we don't want to drink it anymore, but it's, it's clean. But if you can imagine having to boil your water and you didn't boil it enough or the wrong pathogen happened to invade that water and, you, you consume it and now you have some type of uh, some type of waterborne disease on, you don't know what it is. You know, we have antibiotics for that. We have antibiotics for food infections and respiratory tract infections. You're going to encounter uh, abrasions and cuts and you need stitches. And without, again, antibiotics, that's going to get out of hand. It's going to become infected, you know, and it's going to get worse we need these medications. Some may say, okay, well, natural products, you know, are more important. No, natural products have their, their place in keeping us healthy. But if there's a situation where we're actually sick and we need acute care, there's no substitution for the medications that we become accustomed to. You know, I'm kind of reminded of the, the video game back in the day, the Oregon Trail. Did you guys ever play that? You know, you yeah. died of dysentery. Uh, it's pretty miserable. Uh -huh. 
Uh, and if you think about it, if we go back to that time, right, that's kind of what we're talking about here. I mean, let's talk about like worst right. case scenario, right? We're right. talking like massive grid down failures. The infrastructure is gone. It's basically back the Oregon Trail. Uh, and those diseases back then literally just ravaged the population. Life expectancy was considerably lower. And modern medicine and modern technology has obviously reduced that amount of uh, you know, those pathogens around, especially the waterborne ones. But if you look at like hurricane disasters and things like that, cholera is very, you know, plentiful, we'll just put it that way. And that's a really miserable way to go. And if you can prevent that, that's the last thing you want. Gastrointestinal bugs kill with annoying regularity every day of the week, every day of the year. Mm -hmm. And a lot and of them could done. be prevented. Mm -hmm. I was just contacted by a friend of mine who's a physician, and he asked me if I had access to EpiPen, and we have an anaphylactic package there. Again, and if you're bitten by an, an insect, an ant, or anything that causes an anaphylactic reaction, a bee sting, anything, and your throat swells, and there's the only treatment is the ER, and it's best to have EpiPens on hand just in case. So we have an anaphylactic package. We have an asthma package where you have uh, Advair inhalers along with uh, rescue inhalers, which is, which is albuterol, the prednisone that you mentioned, and everything to get you through an event of an asthma attack and to keep you stable. So we want to add everything that we can think of in order to keep the prepper stocked with every type of medication that you didn't even think of in the first place. Okay, one thing I think that's really important is we talk about storage. Uh, Alphonse, how should we be storing our medication? Obviously, you're talking about you're putting them in, uh, you know, they're individual packets, but when we keep them in the house, should we be putting them in, in the fridge, the freezer? Should we be keeping them at room temperature? What's the best option for that? Well, obviously, in a it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be stored in a refrigerator. It's in uh, individually uh, wrapped. Each tablet is individually wrapped. And so as long as it's in a cool, dry place, uh, that's all that's needed. You just want to protect it from sun and oxidation, which is the main problem. But as long as it's wrapped individually, you don't have to worry about storage at all. You just don't want to keep it in a hot car and a hot sun just in a cool, dry place. Got it. So store it in the basement, not the garage. So guys, I got to tell you, you got to make sure you check out medicalpreparedness.net. They've got a lot of great stuff. Obviously, Alphonse is adding more stuff as he continues to grow this business. We really want to support him with that. So make sure you check that out down in the description. Uh, Alphonse, thanks so much for coming today. It was great having you on the show. We really appreciated having you here as a guest and your knowledge. And we really are excited to see what you have in store for the future for us and for the preparedness community. My pleasure. It's been a pleasure being here. And uh, the goal is just to take care of the preppers. I do believe some type of event is coming. Um, that's what these shows are about. And, uh, you know, what would I be if, if I didn't feel like I could assist the preppers in getting those medications into their hands before something happened when I knew that these medicines are accessible? We really appreciate that 110%. And guys, uh, make sure, again, click that like and subscribe button, hit the bell icon, do all the YouTube stuff for us, and we'll catch you on the next one.